Timing with the good timing buds. I'm Austin. And I'm Kevin. Welcome to the show. It's our first episode from uh, our first official first episode, episode from uh, the Arizona house. We've been here about three weeks the, uh, now. Internet going so we can finally post things. Yeah. But, and uh, it was a bit of a hiatus, so to speak, was... uh, because of uh, the move and uh, among other things. But we finally were able to sit down and actually. Uh, get some shit done, hey, and uh, Kevin and I have been going out to open mics almost every night, and uh, Tuesday nights we don't do that, so Tuesday nights we write and Tuesday we uh, nice record, podcast, so. Man, you guys are fucking welcome. You guys are welcome. squeezing you into our hectic schedules. So we are, uh, so anyways, that's, uh, that's where we're at right now. Uh, however, we're also in a bit of a bad mood. I don't know if you all have been paying attention to the Oregon State Beavers. And it is football season again. That's true. So we are perpetually... Frustrated. Yeah. One of the happiest times of the year, and we're just perpetually and we're just frustrated. Always frustrated. The yes. Beavers, two games in a row, lost. Because now, go ahead. I was just, I, just a heartbreaking one, the second one. Well, that's what I was going to say. The first one, anything could have happened. Yeah. It was a bummer that we lost, but it's not super surprising. Oklahoma State was a good team. We should have beat Hawaii. Whether or not Hawaii is better than us doesn't matter. We played better than them the entire game. Without a doubt. And lost at the end. We are one of only five teams that has not given up a turnover in the in the first Let's two games. Let's go beat. Not to mention, um, what was the other one? Uh, we were number one in the Pac-12 for third down conversion, conversion rate. So You would think that would be you would think goddamn that we, yeah. second half points. No shit. We went up 28-14 before the half on Hawaii. We ended up losing in the second half, as the Beavers always do. Always do. Classic Beaver football. And we lost 31 to 28. Now, later in the show, we've got something coming up that I think will explain our feelings better. Yeah. Uh, so stay tuned for that. It's become the new viral hit, and we're both very excited. So, but anyways, we'll get to that. Silver lining in the frustration of Beaver Nation. Yeah, the Beaver games have been tough. Uh, Fucking shoe care again. Shoe care again. <clears throat> shoe care strikes again. That one wasn't an easy kick, though, no, like the Nevada game. That was like a 40-something yarder. Still- yeah, I know. Zero second half points. It sucked. Put in Jebbia. Just do something. I, it's worth it. Jebbia being the, the backup quarterback. Every time. Yeah, we're not running the ball nearly enough. And our anyway. defense is punching each other. Yeah. So we're having some issues there. We're having some issues. But the plus side is we're having these issues while living in Arizona, which is pretty nice. Which is pretty nice. Kevin and I are both, uh, we're still both on the job hunt. We're waiting on a response from a golf, uh, a golf job we each applied for. We're going to see how that goes. Going to a golf expose tomorrow. Yeah, hell yeah. I've got jobs. two other job interviews tomorrow's backups. There you go, bud. So, uh, anyways, we're doing that shit. Going out to open mics constantly. Uh, they've been going pretty well for the most part. Kevin uh, has had some trouble luck-wise with the bucket. I got the shaft yesterday, but we'll yeah. talk about that. We'll talk about that coming up. But uh, yeah, oh, we shit. pretty I mean, much, uh, pretty much just settling in. Yeah, used to the fucking house. The house is perfect. The house is perfect. The house could not be better. You may notice it's slightly echoey. It is a little echoey. There's nothing we can do about that. But uh, we're gonna try to fix that as best we can in post. Yeah, we'll stick young Jamie on that one. 
Yeah. But uh, other than that, hard to complain. Everything, hard to complain. Everything is super close to our house that we need. Yeah. Like we got two pretty good open mic spots right next to our house, grocery stores right next to our house, gas station right next to our house, place to just like a convenience store right next to our house. A bad subway. Shitty pizza place and a bad subway. But uh, those things happen. You got to yeah. expect a couple. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, they're not pretty good. But hey, we'll get into that in our first topic. Um, anyways, last thing we'll say on the Beavs is this week they're playing Cal Poly, and they've never played before. But there's there should be no chance of a loss for the Beavs on this one. You know, Lav- but Lavoca, Lavuku, or whatever the lineman. Gus Lavaca. Yeah, yeah. He's suspended for the first half. Why? It was a post game fight apparently with the other team, and he, him and some other guy were part of it, okay. and they got suspended for the first that half. That sucks. Yeah, that, that sucks. really sucks. Okay, yeah. so we got that going on, um, and I'm sure we'll update you guys on the next episode on Beaver Talk. This is the Beaver Talk radio show. <laughs> Go Beavs. Go Beavs. You're going to get a lot of Beaver Talk, because that's, that's what we're clinging to from Oregon right now, is we got the Beavs. We got the Beavs. And like, but we don't really have the Beavs. But we don't even really have the Beavs. They don't got our back. So, anyways, on that... Uh, uplifting note we'll keep you guys updated on how that goes coming up on the show we are going to be uh, expanding our talk about uh, getting stuff going in uh, Arizona uh, we're just gonna we're gonna hit some some classics like uh, some ser- serendipitous moments uh, talking about some book learning we've all been trying to read books since we've been here so we've been book learning uh, we're gonna talk about uh, fate change like after like you just move here that changes your entire course of your life and so we're going to talk about that. that we're bit. taking the butterfly effect, but changing it to a mass scale because yeah. this was a big move. Yeah. So uh, we're going to uh, have our hit song, uh, The Beavers Let Me Down. Yeah. Coming up in the sketch. Yeah. Uh, and, I think it uh, really encompasses a lot of our feelings. Beaver Nation, Beaver Nation is starting to get it. They're really starting to, and, starting to like uh, this song. And we're also going to tell about our last trip report right before we left back in Detroit. We haven't uh, discussed that with you guys yet. We went back to the rock, ladies so, and gentlemen. Oh, we went back to the rock, and it was as glorious as I remember. Oh, boy. I had trouble leaving it. But uh, we'll get to that when we get to that. Uh, coming up is a word from our sponsors. Look out, all you coffee beaners, because we're here to revolutionize the coffee industry. Introducing the Java Dump by Starbucks. Not affiliated with Starbucks, we've never even heard of Starbucks. Are you finding that your normal coffee drinking experience has gotten stale? Are you simultaneously finding your colon plugged with caked up residue from years of late-night fast food runs and a frightening lack of fiber? Well, check this shit out. The Java Dump is the new revolutionary method for consuming coffee. We've taken your traditional coffee maker and created a patent-pending enema attachment that goes straight from the percolator directly into your anus. No more burnt tongues, folks. With the Java Dump, you get all the benefits of caffeine absorbed rectally and all the benefits of an enema expelled rectally. The Java Dump will give you a Java jump on your morning routine. We also offer seasonal options. This fall, treat yourself to our pumpkin spice Java Dump, a seasonal favorite. And a delightful side effect is that when you pass gas, it just smells like a nice, cool autumn breeze. Get rid of the grumps and the clumps with Java Dump.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are talking about getting stuff going in AZ. Uh, the biggest thing, like the biggest um, goal that I had was to get stage time. And that's honestly one of the things that I'm most happy about here. Yeah. It's like I've gotten, we've gotten legit stage time multiple times a week, every week we've been here. Every single week. Like, it, it was, it's September 10th today. You've been on stage, what, six times? Since, in September, yeah. And I've yeah. been on four times in September. Yeah. Like, pretty good. That's not, I got fucking screwed out of Yeah, you should have had five, but it wasn't your fault. No, the fucking, I get there and they got a bucket going. Everyone fucking here just does bucket shit where you just put your name in a bucket and then they draw you. I asked the guy, I was like, so how many people are you drawing? And how long do we get? And he said, oh, everyone's going to go up. We get five minutes, so we're going to be here all night. So I was like, all right, whatever. Like, last time that happened to me, I got drawn third from last. So I was, like, getting fucking just ready for that one again. So it just kept going and kept going. And you were over at the Yucca Tap Room, just going up, Mike, over there, which is only, like, two and a half miles away. So we were close, but not together. So I was, like, outside waiting, like, listening to all the comics who... Where they had no light, they had no, like, the, you're supposed to get five minutes, some people went nine, some people went, like, eleven, and, like, some of them weren't even telling jokes, they were just rambling on about stories that weren't funny, so it was just, like, whatever, it, it started, it, it got to, like, midnight, and, like, the, the people started, like, wash, like, cleaning the windows at the bar and stuff, and I kind of, I was like, Never a good sign. Like, well, that's kind of weird, like, no one's inside, everyone's kind of cleaning up. And then all of a sudden, this guy goes up, and then the host comes out and goes, alright, that was the last comic of the evening, and it's like, what the fuck? Like, if you would have just told me that I wasn't going to get up, I would have been fine. I would have just left. Like, I would have been fine. Yeah. But I fucking waited there through two and a half hours of just bullshit comics, not even telling jokes. Like, maybe five or six actual funny people. And then they didn't even get to go on stage. Which, I mean, I get it. It's open mics. It happens. But it's just open like, mics. God damn. Yeah. And uh, my open mic last night, I went, yes, I went back to the Yucca Tap Room and uh, it went way better than the first time I went to the Yucca Tap Room. Which is always good. Which is always good, because I'd only gone there twice. I just started going to this place now. And uh, the very first night that I was there, which was last Monday, uh, first of all, it was like, they were doing like this all this screamo shit when I got there. Everybody seemed nice, but uh, you could tell that they all just kind of knew each other, and so you felt kind of like an outsider. And, uh, and then to top that all off, I had to follow two legit hard rock bands and you can't follow that. Not with just an acoustic guitar. And so, uh, anyways, I, I went up there, and then to make matters worse, my guitar wouldn't stay in tune. Now, I've played a lot of gigs over the years. That's never happened to me. Do people like, tell stories of that happening? Like, is um, that a thing that happens? I mean, it definitely happens, but uh, it, it, I would say it happens less with acoustic guitars. And I play it pretty aggressively, and... It's still, I could play a three-hour gig without hardly having to tune it. Yeah. And so, um, you know, one string up here or there, but usually it's off just like a microtone. And in this case, it was both my E strings, my low E string and my high E string just wouldn't stay in tune. They kept just dropping down half a step, three-quarters of a step, a full step, and it just sounded like shit. And so I was just doing everything I could to hold it together because even when I would tune my guitar at the beginning of the next song, it would just, as soon as I started playing, the whole thing would just fall apart again. And it's not even like they were new strings. Like, they were relatively new strings, but I'd played a couple three-hour gigs in the, between that. Well, maybe, I guess maybe just two, but in between that span of time. Yeah. And they were fine. <laughs> then I go to this one gig where I'm back's already against the wall and the thing won't stay fucking together. So. Well, and it was in tune after that. 
Yeah. Yeah, once I tuned it back up, once I got home, stayed in tune since then. But uh, anyways, when I went back last night, everybody was super cool. Once I got done, everybody was super complimentary. They uh, really enjoyed the fact they're originals. They were, uh, they thought they were somebody else's songs, which were was they, a good compliment. Were they playing original, like the rock band when you went the other time? The rock band originals? was playing some originals, and most of the people there, I don't know, some played originals, and it's kind of 75, 25 of covers to originals. Yeah. I only do originals so far at open mics because it's like, if I only that's get what it gigs songs, for is to do some covers. Yeah, but like, if I only get three songs, I'm going to show you what I got. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not here to just sing. I kind of want to like share what I've written. Yeah, so. and you only get three songs, and you have like uh, at least like twelve to fifteen songs that you could choose from. Yeah. So you might as well just keep keep it for like. Might, yeah, it's it's more fun for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. So it went really well. I got some offers of uh, this one girl wanted to come up and do harmonies for me next time I'm in, so that could be cool. Um, and I only got to catch part of her little set, but uh, she, she had a hell of a voice. She was kind of awkward when I was talking to her, um, like saying something to be like, that was a silly thing to say. (laughs) Don't worry. (coughs) It's all good. good. You're good. You're good. Uh, But then I heard her on stage and holy shit, she had the best voice of the night. Like she was really, really good. So um, that boosted my confidence and like, yeah, let's definitely get her up there. There's a lot of places here where you can just go sign up. Yeah. And get on stage like fairly easily. It's pretty cool. It's a cool thing about here and everything's not really more than maybe a 25 minute drive max. No. And everyone's like pretty much super nice and supportive. Like, yeah. It feels a lot like an Oregon vibe out here just in terms of everybody's pretty chill. Yeah. Everybody's pretty nice. It's, I wouldn't say it's a small town vibe, but like the way that the city is spread out, everybody ju- is just kind of cool to each yeah. other. Yeah. Everyone's fair. You talk to people outside of bars and they're all for the most part pretty nice. No one's from here. No one's from no here. No one is from Arizona. They all moved here from the Midwest or from Oregon or something. It's like, Jesus. Yeah. Everyone you meet is like, oh, I have some. I know someone that lives in Oregon or something. It's like, Jesus Christ. The past two people I've interacted with over the last 24 hours, both were from Eugene. Yeah. It's like, Jesus, why is... I mean, I guess I know why because we fucking moved here because yeah. Oregon sucks, but yeah. Well, I like that. I didn't move here because Oregon sucks, yet, No, but it's just... I get why people would move... To some place like this, yeah. Like, if you're like, if you don't have anything holding you there, and you want nice weather and like a chill place to live, yeah. and like just, just like an easygoing lifestyle, that like move to Louisiana. The, Arizona's full. Yeah. Take it easy now. Yeah, but that's the thing is like, there's never there, like we haven't got stuck in like traffic. No, traffic anything. hasn't been an issue for there's, us yet. There's road construction everywhere. Yeah, and it does not affect the flow of traffic. No. It's insane. You can always just pull out on the road. There's always a place to park, at yeah. least so far. We haven't gone super metro inside of Phoenix. But, That's true. Um, the one nice thing about the bar that I went to last night, though, the, the punchlines on the patio, which it was comedy outside, and there's a fucking main road right that goes right by the bar. And so, like, when someone with a loud car would drive by, you literally couldn't hear the comedy. Not super smart. So it wasn't the best setup, but all... The waitresses and one of the comedians were fucking hot as shit. There were so many hot chicks there. It was insane. I haven't had that same experience at all the bars that I've been playing. Well, that's at, pretty much the only one. That's pretty much the only one that's had all hot bartenders. Well, I contacted the guy at Loco Patron to play there a gig, go. and when I went in there to talk to him in person, uh, that place was pretty good. So yeah, I mean, 
Anyways, we've only been here for three weeks. I'm sure our sort of span of where we're going will just continually branch out, and we're pretty excited about that. But uh, the but open mics, also, and I've played a couple gigs at this point that have yeah. been pretty great. And there's a lot of spots. There's a couple places that do open mic music and comedy the same really night. Nice. So we just go there and have a few drinks and chill until we go on stage, and then yeah, everyone just tells us how fucking great we are. You know? Yeah. And... Uh, and we just have a nice house to live in. It's easy to just jump right out onto the freeway. Dude, it, yeah. The only downside is from three to eight, you gotta turn your air conditioning down so it gets pretty heated in here. But uh, other than that, it's pretty good. It's uh, it was 112 <coughs> for quite a while. Yeah. It's and now it's finally starting to drop down. I think today was 94, maybe 93. Yeah, but not bad. So that's at all. been pretty nice. The neighborhood is super quiet. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while you see somebody walk by, but for the most part, it's just quiet. Yeah. Uh, I don't I, know how we got so lucky. I don't either, dude. Every time I tell anyone where we live, they're like, oh, how do you afford that place? It's like, I don't know. It's not. It's only sixteen hundred bucks for three guys. Like, it's not that much. Yeah. It's not that much money. Like, we just fucking scored. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the heat, as hot as it's been, it's been very manageable. Uh, you know, we're not doing outside labor like in Oregon, but uh, in terms of like going and getting your car, your car's hot for a little while, but then the AC finally kicks on. Yeah. And you're fine. And everywhere you go inside is air conditioned. So Golf gets a little hot, but what are you going to do? But, uh, I mean, other than that, it's pretty much... Per- and then when, once winter comes... Yeah. And it's going to be... Everyone tells you that, like... Everyone here. Once is winter, it's fucking paradise. Yeah. Those are the words. And if people who live here are saying that, you can pretty much take yeah. that to the bank. Yeah. Although a lot of them are transplants, so they're probably getting out of shitty weather. The guy I talked to last night at the open mic, he was from Chicago. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. We, uh, we have had a couple monsoons. We have had a couple monsoons, which have been interesting. Not like what I expected. Like we, wet, but... We had a pretty big one at Joe's Grotto that one night. It's it so one cool thing is the lightning you could see yeah, in the clouds. Yeah, it just pours, and then there's lightning everywhere, and it's like, oh, fuck. And then the next day, it's fucking humid. And, yeah. And it's like, oh, it sucks. But it's still not really that bad. No. And the other interesting thing has been getting to sort of... I don't know if you guys do this as much. Maybe you do. I like... To some degree, I'm sort of... I let how I feel dictate what I do, which is part of the problem. <laughs> Probably why I drink. And uh, But you can sort of watch how your body and mind and just sort of everything react to new situations. Yeah. And when you've been living in sort of a... Just sort of day after day is the same. Just get up, go to the farm. Monotonous, repetitive. Just, yeah. yeah. You get in habits. You get in habits, and then you get to break those and just see what happens inside you. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, I've just noticed I've been just in a generally better mood. Just relaxed. I've ate healthier. Dude, I, like, gone to the gym every day. I haven't, it, I, I, like, I haven't even been, I mean, I have been nervous when I got on stage, but it, was, it's not, it hasn't been anything like when I was in Oregon. No. It's just, like, very relaxed and, like, this is what I came here to do. Like, just go. I think that's what it is. Like, I think your, your body and your spirit align. Like, even when I don't want to go on stage and you and Russ are just like, just fucking sign up and do it in front of six people. It's yeah. Like, All right, I'll just fucking do it. Like, yeah. Like, whatever. But yeah, you've been looking more natural up there. I've been feeling less nervous yeah, up there. Yeah, dude, it's just it's weird. It's so, and then I mean, if you just get one person to tell you that like they like what you do, yeah, it's just way easier to just get on there again. Yeah, and just do it again. Yeah, I got a comment on uh, YouTube today that said uh, said something like, "Keep up the grind, you're gonna make it" or something like yeah, that. It's and it's like, like oh, that fucking hit me yeah, right. It's just like fuck yeah, dude. I yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Isn't that sweet. Fuck yeah, like, guy. fuck yeah, dude. 
So, uh, yeah, that, that's keeping me going. And then just the fact that, you know, we've decided that it's a habit that we're just not lazing around. We're getting up. Uh, no matter what we did during the day, we're getting up. We're doing an open mic. We're doing something. We're getting out and we're doing something. And so uh, I think that contributes to the good feelings because uh, you, you're, you you're aligned like you with exactly yeah. what you're supposed to be doing and you knocked yeah. out what was on your checklist. And, uh, you know, it's fun to just kind of go out to a bar and meet people every night and just kind of see what's going on around uh, Arizona and yeah, see new places, see new faces. It's cool. It's, yeah, every every everywhere we've been... With the exception of Big Daddy's, has been a pretty fuck has been a pretty cool spot to go. Big Daddy's was also bad because the Beavers were losing. Yeah, it didn't that, help, but Big Daddy's was also bad. And that guy just kept talking to us about Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have to talk to him. <sighs> but and yeah, that was pretty nice. Yeah, the beat. Yeah, and the Beavs. But I mean, everywhere else, like Gwen's Coffee, where you played your gig, is pretty yeah, good. Cool that place. JoJo's Coffee Shop. I didn't go to the gig, but that place was pretty cool. Place looks cool. I've got two more gigs there, and I'm still waiting on a thing back from Gwen. But yeah. I sent out a bunch of like I've called like looked at the numbers. I've called 31 places so far in the last like week. Yeah. And so eventually those those seeds will sprout. Well, yeah, and just like you've played at. Uh, Joe's Grotto and that lady from the Dubliner was like, hey, yeah. to the Dubliner. Now yeah. we go to the Dubliner every Sunday. Well, not only that, she gave me a showcase. Yeah. So I got to yeah. go play for potentially a bunch of hiring people. And so yeah. uh, that was first week. Yeah. That, that was, was great. One, that was one of the first gigs. Uh, yeah. That was Wednesday. Yeah, that was Wednesday because Monday yeah. you went to Copper Blues. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, uh, that stuff's been great and it, it just helps with sort of your feelings about being here because it's just like, yeah. I came here to do something. The wheels are in motion. And I just got to no, keep this thing there's rolling. There's no, like, tension. No. Like, it's like, yeah, I would like to get a job and get that figured out. But, like, right? Like, there's just no... There's no tension. There's no drama. There's nothing... There's nothing that you have to, like, worry about on a daily basis. Part of that is, I think, because there's no also no obligations. Yeah. But I mean, like... But also, it's because we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. We are... Yeah. We our actions are aligned with our we don't motivations. Have, we don't have we don't have the obligation to like be where other people want us to be. Yeah. So like we get to just do like it sounds selfish, but we get to just do whatever we want, whatever we need to do, which I guess is selfish, but it also that's how you make yourself better. So yeah. Like that's that's what we all that's what we needed. Well, we're in that we're in that moment that everybody talks about when they're working on something, which is the beginning times where you kind of forsake other things. Because you're sort of focused on one thing, and that ultimately is what takes you to the top. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, anybody out there thinking about making a change, whew, I'd recommend it. I mean, so far, dude, I'm and I'm loving every minute of it. Big change requires a big, you know, not necessarily actual move, but it requires a big movement on some um, sort some, of yeah. of some sort of action. And so, um, anyways, I think we've placed ourselves in the right spot. Is and, this uh, still kind of weird to you that we like live in Arizona? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I'm still not used to it. Me either. My mind every once in a while will still be like, "Oh, back when I'm in Oregon, it's like, no, you're here. Yeah, it's like this no, is you where you live. Live here. You live you here. You live here for yeah. nine more months at least, probably thirteen. Probably cons- oh yeah. Like probably a like, bit more. Yeah, like like for the foreseeable future, we live here now. People are gonna have to come visit us, or we're gonna have to go visit them. Like we yeah. live here now. And I can't stress enough that that probably supercharges the relationships with those people that do come to visit. Yeah. Because it's because when you see everybody Why every day, there's some we're so people taking people for granted. I know. We don't see them often, but when, every time we do, it's for like four or five days. It's a great example. And it's it's just 
which is the best but fun. Yeah. And you just, it's just like, oh, I'm going to see Fergani. That means I'm about to have a good fucking yeah. time. The boys are going to come into town. Uh, families are going to come into town. Going back for holidays is going to be fun. Weddings. The whole thing's, yeah, the whole thing's great. And so, uh, anyways, that, that's just been awesome. Yeah. We still got to go to Bisbee. We still got to go to Bisbee. We still got to go to the Grand Canyon. Yeah. We still got to go to... I know you're going to Vegas, but at some point I want to go to Vegas. Yeah, I mean, you could come with me if you got nothing going on. Whew. It's a bachelor party. It's going to be fun. Might have to take you up on that. Nick. Uh, if I got a job at that point, I actually might. But also, then I'll have a job. So, anyways, we'll get to that. <coughs> but, uh, yeah. I don't know. I've got to go to the... Got to go to San Diego. get a job... This is what I'm going to do. When I get my job, I'm going to tell them I have a bachelor party in September and a wedding in October. Smart. When's a bachelor party? The twenty in the twenties. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it's coming up, but yeah. So, uh, anyways, that's been great. And like, if I don't have, if I don't go for the whole bachelor party, you know, I just go for like the weekend or like whatever. Like, if work says you can have two days off, yeah, just go for two days. Yeah. But we'll crash that. We'll cross that bridge when we get we'll there. We'll cross that. We'll crash that party when it starts. Absolutely. Um, and then uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the butterfly effect. Is that the one we're talking about? Oh, we'll, we'll talk about that in the second topic. Yeah. Um, and before we moved, we had a pretty great, you know, goodbye. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think we really talked about it. Not much. I don't think we talked about it on the smoke sesh, but even if we did, fucking listen to it again. Our fucking party at the bypass, A, their <coughs> best night ever from what I'm here. Yeah, their best hear. night of doing business ever was and that night. And B, everyone at that party was just fucking lit and having a good yeah. time. I was uh, earlier that day, so the night before, we went to Harrison's stepmom's beach house for our NFL fantasy draft. Got super high. Just partied. Dan was beer bitch. Dan was beer bitch. Dan was a great beer bitch, too. He He fucking took it in stride. Because he lost fantasy football last last year, year. so for this year's draft party, he He had had to to pump everybody's beer out of the keg, and then he had to jump naked into the ocean. Oh, that was the fucking funniest thing. So we get down to the beach. It's pretty much a, like, it's not a private beach, but there's, it's all houses and like, it was late at night. It was like midnight. And so, uh, we just go out there. It's loud because there's waves crashing. So you're good. Aaron brings his big boom box and he sets it down in the sand and we're like, Dan, it's time. You got a skinny dip in the ocean. You got. I don't know who chose to play the final countdown. No, but, I think it was Aaron. But it was fucking perfect. They put on the final countdown. The final. Dan starts like stripping, and then it starts to get closer to the part where the guy yells, "It's the final!" And Dan starts like ripping his pants yeah. off. Just finally gets naked. And as soon as it comes up, as soon as it comes up, he throws his hands in the air and just starts running towards <laughs> the ocean like a fucking terrorist. And it was <laughs> the funniest. Fucking thing. The greatest thing I've, I've ever, ever seen. seen. I was fucking dying laughing. Yeah. He just fucking sprints out there, runs until he falls down. Crashes like, into the ocean a few g- times. Gets in a few times. Does he's a great like, job like, of just really doing it. He's like, I don't know how much I had to do. And so then like he starts running out and a wave gets up from behind. He falls down again. <laughs> then So he finally like runs all the way back up. Starts drying off. And like off in the distance, you see two shadowy figures. Just <laughs> like walking towards us. His dick's like, just hanging out. Yeah, we're like, Dan, Dan, he can't hear us because the music and the waves. So he's just like drying off. Then they get like right fucking there and he sees them and he's like wraps up. Really <laughs> and you know that these people 
around 11.30 <coughs> midnight. It had to be just on a romantic stroll or something, something. out by the beach in the moonlight because it was a full moon. It was beautiful And out there was there. 10 of us. There was 10 of us. We're gathered around a naked guy who's dripping wet while the final countdown is just blaring out <laughs> over the ocean. Yeah. You know these people just had to be like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> Gang initiation, bitch. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, that was great. Uh... We draft, great draft, and then the next day we come back, get, we're getting ready for our party, but first, everybody's hit up, everybody from our fraternity has hit up Russ and told oh, him that they're yeah. coming to his house tonight because they want to be there for the going away party. So all of a sudden, Russ has to go out and buy burgers and dogs. Dude, and for a lot of people. For a lot of people. And so we go to this party. The it's pre-party a, party. The pre-party party. And uh, it's great. We're playing drinking games, Snappa, fucking pea shoes, fucking uh, beer pong. We're playing everything. Russ and I never lost, for the record. Ever. It was awesome. anything. It was so frustrating because most of us had to play with Devin. Also true. And you guys don't know Devin, but no one is going to win at anything <laughs> with Devin. No. Uh, Fuck you, Devin. And it was, uh, anyways, that was a great party. But then I had to go and start getting ready for my gig. And, uh, I, and then anyways, I had some weird thoughts running through my head as I was getting ready for, cause like I was playing two hours and it's like, A, this is my last gig in Oregon for a while. I don't want to disappoint anybody. I've been partying all weekend. I don't know how strong my voice is going to be. B, this is my going away party. After this, I don't have any more gigs and these people aren't going to see me for a long time. Yeah. So like all this feelings was coming up. I was getting like serious anxiety before that show. I went home. I just like listened to some Doug Stanhope, tried to get in the zone, took a couple shots, and then I went to the bypass, got everything in the spot, and then all of a sudden, and then before I even got there, people were there. Oh, dude, there was was already a ton of people there. there. And then I get on stage, I start playing, the gig goes fantastic. Everybody was super cool, everybody was there, the tips were good, Uh, sold a couple CDs, and and then at the very end, because I'll play a lot of, I'll do covers, but they're not always like top forty covers. Yeah, they're covers that I enjoy, and and either people know them or they just go, hey, this is a good song, and they just sort of have fun. But then at the end, I played some songs. I play Wagon Wheel and I play Desperado as I always do to close out the show, and everybody gathered around and just started singing along. It was the so tits. sweet. It was, goddamn, it was badass. Yeah, and uh, that was that was a fun way to sort of finish out my last gig and then I got off stage and could just I wanted to party but you couldn't you as the two leaving people you couldn't walk anywhere without everyone talking to you trying to buy which you. was super appreciated yeah but also you couldn't even go get go to the bar no. to refill your drink because you get you finish a nice conversation wouldn't cut it short you give everybody you know the respect you're talking yeah. to them they came to your show Give them their five minutes or But whatever. then you go to walk towards the bar and, and all of a sudden else. somebody else steps in. Hey, I haven't seen you in 20 years. It's like, well, I need a fucking beer. Yeah. Uh, but it was uh, obviously that uh, that's sort of a joke. It was, no, uh, dude, it was so completely fun. appreciated. It was a total blast and it, uh, just a kick-ass way to go out. That was so fun. And yeah. then the next day we just fucking pretty much start, packed up and left. Like, just like The next couple days it was straight packing for me. Straight packing and leaving. Yeah. And then we like, had one last night at Russ's where we all got together, watched a few shooting stars. 
had some cigars. Yeah. Had some cigars. Uh, drank a little bit, smoked a little bit of weed, uh, and just put on some classic tunes and just hung out as friends and, uh, you know, had a bonfire. You can't beat those nights. What it was, you do? It's like a classic river night. That's, yeah, that's what we do. That's, that's how, what we do. That's how we all became friends. That's yeah. how we're going to end this friendship. And so so to speak uh, but anyways that was badass too and then uh, next thing we know we're packing up to leave the, then we're at fucking Russ's parents house yeah then we're fucking in Arizona getting on the road it's it's a it's a move to get on the road because once you're on the road you can't oh I forgot my tape player yeah no it's just like it's yeah once reference. you're on the road <laughs> yeah. the kids the kids will get that reference uh, once you're on the road, it's like, well, fucking nine hours of this. Everything in either this Jeep or this truck is everything I have. Yeah. And that's it. And that's it. I have no obligations when I get there. I don't know anybody. And I'm crafting a whole new thing once I get there. And it's been interesting so far. And it's been, uh, I find, extremely rewarding. Yeah. No, it's been awesome so far. Other than the beeves. Other than the Beavers, like everywhere I look, I see things that remind me that I'm a Beavers fan, and it sucks. We've got a lot of Beavers memorabilia. We've got a lot of art. We might have talked about that on the smoke sesh, but uh, we've got a lot of art. This place is just classy as a motherfucker. I mean, it really is. Um, we definitely like when people meet us. They yeah. don't expect us that we live in a. They expect more a workaholics vibe. Yeah, and this is like a workaholics meets professionalism vibe. That's exactly right. What? Nintendo sixty four. Nintendo. I mean, we did, yeah. We uh, we've got all we've got all the classic gaming consoles. Dude, we've got so many sixty four games. So every we, once in a while, when we're not doing an open mic, it's like you, you just want to stay in and fucking play some night, Nintendo yeah. sixty four and like game do night. like a tournament. Yep, it's been badass. It's been fun. And uh, you know, I think uh, I think more people should just do that, even yeah. if they're at home. Just like one of these nights, instead of going to the bar, just fuck off and create a point system by which you can judge your video game tournaments. <laughs> And not like game, Call of Duty or, sh- or board game. Yeah. And not like Call of Duty shit. I'm talking old school N64. Mario Kart, Tony Hawk. Mario Party. Mario Party. Blitz. Blitz. If we, we had Super Smash, we'd be we playing that. We got three players and we're doing Blitz. You, you might be thinking out there, oh, Blitz, you can't play three players on Blitz. Oh, double elimination, bud. You got to get creative with gotta it. You got to get creative you with gotta it, make, You got to make it happen. And, uh... Wrestling, we played that fucking wrestling game. We played the wrestling game, which the second one was much better than the first. Yeah, the first one was impossible. Even though I lost first out. on the second one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, anyways, th- yeah, that's been great. And so, uh, goddamn. Anyways, we won't uh, you know get too inside baseball here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's been great. And uh, we'll be having updates probably every time we come on here, at least a little bit, because yeah. every single thing we do is new. Yeah. And uh, we want to share with you guys. And uh, our loving, I, our unconditionally loving fans. That's right. We do it for you. And we love you, and we'll see you after the break. Do you live in Arizona and are tired of thieves, homeless people, and midgets constantly trying to break into your house? Not anymore. Introducing Cactus Attack by Succulent Security, a division of Prickly Safe. Not affiliated with Simply Safe? We've never even heard of Simply Safe. Our design is simple. When you arrive at your door, you have five seconds to enter the 20-digit passcode of your choosing. 
An error will result in two large saguaro cactuses attached to ropes swinging down from either side and horribly mangling whatever scum is trying to break into your house. Once released, a licensed professional cactus wrangler will arrive at your home, assess the damage, and reset your security system. Cactus attack. It might work. Ladies and gentlemen, Austin B. Sweeney. Go Beads.
Ladies, does your man love big breasts in the bedroom, but doesn't appreciate other men leering at you when you're out on the town? Introducing the Bus Pump, inflatable breast implants for ladies. We've taken existing technology and made it sexy. Combining state-of-the-art breast implants and a bike pump, your breasts can now range anywhere from an F cup down to a respectful and modest D cup. To inflate, twist the nipple to pop out the pump. Place your mouth on it, pinch, and blow, much like an inner tube. And, just like an inner tube, they can also be used as flotation devices, should your husband be drowning in all that pussy. To decrease size, simply pinch the nipple until you hear air releasing and let it deflate down to your desired size. The Bus Pump. Endorsed by Kitty Schmidt, president of the Itty Bitty Titty Committee. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're still a good time with the good time and buds. Uh, we're now going to talk about some uh, just kind of random things, but uh, one of them is going to be serendipitous moments. Now, these are things that have come up as we've been talking in the three weeks we've been here. Yeah, but but some of them have just been fucking weird. Like when we like when we first moved in here, the guy across the goddamn street, the guy that lives the house directly ac- across the street from us. Yep. Went lived in Oregon, then moved to California, and went to the same goddamn all boys Catholic private high school as Russ. Yeah. And he works in the same industry that Russ did. And he just happens to have talked to Russ because Russ was the one outside. Yeah, and it's just like it's insane. And he's into a job that is basically what Russ was doing back in Oregon. Yeah. Like, literally Russ could work for that guy no problem because it's basically exactly what he was just doing. Yeah. So, uh, that happened. Um, I already mentioned the, uh, the, the black, woman on the, 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 on the phone. Woman, right? yeah. yeah. Oh, she was definitely black. Yeah. You could tell by her voice. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, she, yeah, she was born in July. I'm born in July. We commented on that. And then she goes, you know, I got a younger brother who's two years younger than me, but we were born on the same day, July 9th. And I said, you've got to be shitting me. I have a younger sister who was born on the same day as me, July 1st. Yeah. And so we had that going on. And, I mean, there's just countless ex- Everybody's got examples yeah. of that in their life. Yeah. That, I, don't know, I don't know what that proves to me. But to me, that proves something. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't been able to quantify what it is. No. But it's just like... Because statistically, that should happen sometimes. But the amount of times it happens is the scary part. It's like... It, it happens all the time. It's just like... To, to me, it's just like a universal truth that like... Like, I was out one time, uh, and I... Me and my mom were out, and we ran into a family that lived in Jordan Valley for like the two years that we lived there. Yeah. And they moved to McMinnville. And we just like ran into him at the grocery store one time. Uh-huh. It's like, like, what? How? How does that happen? Jordan Valley has like maybe <clears throat> 700 people. Yeah. My graduating class would have had six people. It's a lot. And they, they moved to the same, basically same place we did. Yeah. And we, it's not, we didn't move there first, so. No. And, just... uh, and again, everybody's got experiences like that where they go, there's no way 
this should have ever happened in the world that this lines up like this. Yeah. But it does. And it happens a lot and it happens to a lot of people. It happens to everyone. What seems like a lot of the time, which tells me that it's got to be more than just numbers flying through the air and making <coughs> coincidences ha- happen f- by like What chance? about the fucking fact that Fergani and Patty are Holy cousins. shit. Have we even mentioned that? I don't know. We might have. I'm sure we have because it blows my mind. Yeah. But it blows my mind every time. Fergani and Patty are cousins. Now keep this in mind. Fergani first came to Corvallis, where I first met him. He was buddies with Russ. Now, I met Russ by when he was roommates with Tyler. Tyler. And then he and I moved into the fraternity. We were in the fraternity for years before Fergani came and around, when he, we lived in uh, a yeah. place to be. And then we hung out with Fergani. Fergani became one of our best friends. Then we started going down there uh, once every year. Yeah. And then he would come up to Oregon once in a while. And so that's happening. And then all of a sudden we go, let's go to a Seahawk, to a Seahawk 49er game. Yeah. And guess who we know who's also a good friend and a big fan of the Seahawks? A fraternity brother, Patty. Fratty Patty. Fratty Patty. So what? It, so we take Patty with us to go see Fergani. Nothing happens during that weekend other than the story of what happened during that weekend. But nothing happens between Patty and Fergani. But except then, the gay sex. Except the gay sex. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> but other than that. That goes without saying. <laughs> but other than that. But other than that, nothing happens. And then all of a sudden, months later. A couple months later, yeah. They're like showing pictures. Yeah. Or Patty's parents went to visit their cousins or something in San Francisco. They were showing pictures and of the guys. they were showing pictures and like they showed the pictures of us with the brown bags. You can find it on our Instagram. Outside the stadium. And they were like, wait, that's your son? They were like, yeah. And they're like, that's our son. Yeah. It's like, what? What? Out of fucking nowhere. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Patty. Regular Patty. Came out of... Regular Patrick. Regular Patty. Came out of nowhere in terms of... He just became our buddy through the frat. We yeah. didn't know him previously. Fergani, none of us except for Russ knew previously. And then through a strange swirl of events, ended Me up with Patty coming to San Francisco with us. To visit his cousin. To visit his cousin without knowing it. How do these things happen? It just, it, it boggles the mind. That one, that one really blows my that mind. That one's crazy. Because that one's legit Because of crazy. all the fucking people that live everywhere in the world. Yeah. San Francisco's a big place. And I mean, like, they're both Irish Catholic or something. I don't know if they're Catholic, but they both, they both track their Let's lives. just say yes, because yeah. all Irish are Catholic. Yeah, they're all, they're an Irish drunk Catholics. And so they, they keep a pretty healthy lineage of their family. And like, they're like fifth cousins. Yeah. So they're just, they're just kind of outside the range of where they would meet at like family events and stuff. Like, yeah. Like family reunions. But their parents know each other. Like their parents are cousins. So like they know each other pretty well. And it's just like, what are the fucking... How does that happen, ladies and gentlemen? What are the fucking odds I ask that? you. How? And if you've got theories, hit us up on hit Twitter. Hit us up on Twitter. At Good Time and Buds. Yeah, tell us so how that shit happens. Is it string theory? Is that what string theory is? It's probably string theory, yeah. I've never quite grasped string theory. No, but I think that's exactly think that's what string what theory is. is. Uh, I go, Albert. Yeah, so uh, serendipitous moments. They can't be explained. They'll probably never be explained. But there's some explaining to do. There is some explaining to do, and someone's got to do it. Yeah. Someone's doing the raping. Somebody's doing the raping. So, anyways, let that one marinate. Um, we've also been doing some book learning. Book learning is good Good learning. Um, I personally find, like, I enjoy reading. I, I haven't always, but I've enjoyed reading in, like, the last five years. And it's enjoyable, but I also, I really enjoy reading when, like, People are watching TV. Yeah. I like reading a book where I can be immersed in it, but I've got like just people just hanging out around me. 
I can get a lot of reading done that way. I read The Legend of Bagger Vance. I read that uh, um, uh, Tribe book by Sebastian. What's his name? Maybe it's Sebastian. Sebastian Telfair. Let's say. Yeah. Um, and now I'm, I'm rereading the book Wild by Cheryl, Cheryl Strayed, which is a book I would highly recommend, especially if you're in the middle of changing your life. Because it's just, it's a fantastic book and movie as well. This is just like a good environment for like read, like just like, because I mean, we don't have cable. So like we watch Netflix and stuff sometimes, but you can only do so much of that. Well, and they're like, we'll put on American Dad, which we've all seen a thousand times. And so you can either watch it and laugh along or you can know what's going on. Just kind of hang out and and read a little bit. Yeah. And read a chapter of a book. Yeah. In 15 minutes and then. That's and you keep doing that, and all of a sudden you're done with your first book. Yeah, I, I never, I fucking hated reading when I was like in high school, and then I never really lived in a place where like it was conducive to reading. No, you did not. Because I had roommates that would rather fucking just party and do nothing. So like if you, well, and typically make fun of you for yeah, so being like a reader. If you try to read, they'll just like be like, why, why the fuck are you reading? Like, what are you doing? I don't know, to entertain myself and maybe the, learn The a most thing. I ever read in Dayton was when I lived with Sut, AJ, and Hayden. Yeah. I just, like, read in my room for a little bit. And they, they would come in and, like, make fun of me, but it's like, yeah, whatever, I Natural. don't want to... I'm just doing this. Be gone, you. But, yeah, get the fuck out of here. But other than that, dude, like, reading... I don't know, reading... And I also never... I never read the kind of books that interested me yeah. when I was younger. I just read what other people, like, made me read. I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to fucking read this. Yeah. So that helps a lot, too. There's a uh, there's a C.S. Lewis quote that I just read read the other day that said, um, "I've lived the lives of a thousand great men, and then I start a new book or whatever." I can't remember exactly how it ends, but it's basically you live the lives of the characters of the book because a book can really draw you in like yeah. that and make you really get inside the head. Because like a movie, you can, but unless they're like running an internal dialogue, you typically don't like get that sense of exactly what's going through their mind. Yeah. Uh, you do on better made movies, but like in books, it's all laid out for you. As you read it, your mind is processing things in a way where like you feel it. And it's not giving you a picture of what you're supposed to be seeing. You no. get a you get it's a, a fully makeup, interactive you experience. You get to make up the visual all on your own. Yeah. So like the headspace of reading is a really enjoyable place to be in because <clears throat> like it really is escapist and it's good and uh, yeah, reading book learning. It's, it's something I'd recommend. Like, audiobooks are great, too, because you can get the information, but I think there's something special about reading. The action of sitting down <coughs> and just reading. Yeah. I think there's something to it that is just really good for your brain. Now, that seems obvious, obviously, but, but like, there's something extra about it that is immersive in a way that you can't really get with anything else yeah and even when somebody else is reading it you're still you're still hearing their voice and their spin on it yeah you're, it's, so it's it's still kind of painting a picture for you rather than you just re- hearing your own voice or whatever yeah just like you you inflect on the words that you want to like it just is different when you are reading it it's you can either try to rebuild the time or there's people who have already done the thinking for you just gotta read their yeah. their results and it's like, that's pretty good. And, uh, yeah, no, I've got... I'm rereading Wild, even though I've got books to read still, but I love Wild so much, I'm doing it again. But once I'm done with that, I've got a few more books to read, and I'm excited to get through them. And my goal is to get through... I should make goals. 
I should make better goals for like reading, reading books. books so I can actually like because I made goals for calling places for gigs going to open mics and that helps me see a thing I can write down I did this today you also get a little satisfaction out yeah. of that but I want to like get a thing where I can read all the books I need to read so I can actually go to a bookstore with zero other books because everybody does it where like you've got a book you're reading or you've got five books you still need to read you go to a bookstore or you're like you at an airport book. or something and you yeah. go now that's a book I want to read Yeah. and then your pile just grows so it'd be kind of nice to like you make a little up. schedule and just knock out if you're doing one or just two chapters a night Yeah. and then just systematically get rid of them and then be like today's the day I gotta go pick out that new book and that'll be fun oh, yeah. I'm excited about that and so I think I'm gonna try to I also do this thing because I'm a pretty good son I do this thing because <laughs> it's hard. What do you get your mom for for her birthday? And I figured out exactly what you get. It's like, what do you get the woman who's done everything for you, is the greatest person you know? What kind of gift? Because you could never pay them back for all the things they've done. But I figured it out. Every single year on her birthday... You write her a book. I get her a new book. Mm. And the thing is, throughout the year, we have to read that book. And then we're going to meet up for coffee, discuss the book, have a nice little uh, mother-son time, and then you give her the new book. There you go. And I think it's a pretty special little thing I came up with, and I'm pretty proud of myself. That's not bad, especially if your mom likes to read. Yeah, and your mom does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but my mom mom will read a book in like two days. Yeah, I know, but honestly, it's I've found, because we've been doing it for a couple years now, maybe just a year or two, but um, it's, unless... It's pretty much best to read it mostly right before you're about to meet because then it's fresh. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we've, we've read some interesting books already, and uh, it's a cool idea. And because, again, reading, it just connects to a certain part of the brain that nothing else gets to. Oh, yeah. And, um, I mean, I understand book clubs. I would never join one. I would never join But I understand either. it. Yeah. Yeah, everybody is reading the same book and then... Discussing, discussing themes and stuff. Yeah. And I mean, that's Devin, a, Devin's been reading books. He was hitting me up about all these different Hunter Devin's S. Thompson books. Book learning, huh? Yeah, and uh, I didn't even know Devin could read. I told him to read Rum Diary and then Fear and Loathing, but I said if you're just going to read one, definitely read Fear and Loathing. Which he did. Which he did. Which I don't blame him. Rum Diary is good, but you really got to be into Hunter S. Thompson to like really want to read that book. Fear and Loathing. Everybody should read Fear and Loathing. But uh, so, anyways. Yeah, there's just nothing like a good book. Like, when you're in... I remember reading the actual, the book version, the original version of Jurassic Park by Michael Crichton. The last, like, ten chapters, I never thought I'd say this, I literally couldn't put it down. Yeah. I was reading... When I was in school, I was reading it every second I could to get to the end of that book because it was just so intriguing. Yeah. Spoiler alert... The nice guy with the white hair who says we spared no expense is actually a dick in the book. Yeah. And he gets eaten by little dinosaurs. Well, he deserves it. He 100% deserves it. But you get a picture of Newman and you get a picture of Samuel L. Jackson. And it's a good <laughs> book. I need to read more Michael. Oh, I did also read Congo by Michael Crichton, which was made into a horrible movie. Yeah, that movie sucks. But the book was awesome. My dad even read it. I gave it, <coughs> gave it to him on vacation because I had finished it. He was looking for a new book because he always reads John Grisham. And uh, I've read a couple of John Grisham, but he really likes the lawyer stuff and all that high business stuff. Not too surprisingly. Yeah, shocker. Uh, but I gave him Congo, and he, he's he been reading that for a little while now. Like, he got pretty immersed in that, too. Michael Crichton's a good writer. 
And that's the other cool thing is like you read enough books, you start to discover like writers, writers that, that really you enjoy. Like, it. Yeah, it's, it's like I really like the style. I like the what his view and how it evokes something out of me. And you just don't get that with other things. Mm-mm. Books are cool in that way. Um, I mean, like you, people like like directors and stuff, but yeah, and musicians. And yeah, Sturgill's got a new album coming out September twenty oh. seventh. Just to throw it out there, dude. Only ten tracks though. I know. It's not a double album, ladies and gentlemen. And it's his fourth. And it's his fourth. So he might only have one left. I'm hoping that's not true, though. I'm hoping that... I don't think when he was doing that first interview with Joe Rogan, did he think that he was coming out with an anime film and an accompanying CD. And... I'm going to guess that's true. Also, having three babies now? What's a kid at this point? Yeah. But he does have three kids. Yeah, like... You never... You probably didn't see that coming either. No. Uh, so here's hoping to years and years of Sturgill. Wait, so is this CD not like? I mean, it is. No, it's a legit CD, CD. but it also has the anime song on it. Two, the both of them. Both of them. The dead don't. Does it have the dead? Yeah, don't don't, die? It doesn't have the dead don't die. Okay. But it's got sing along, which I think is a great song. Yeah. I really enjoyed it, and uh, but it just sounds like each of those songs corresponds with certain scenes in the anime movie. And I'm not an anime guy, but Sturgill's involved. I'm going to watch uh, it. Yeah, obviously. September 27th, ladies and gentlemen. So keep your eyes out for that. Sturgill reads books. That's what made him do uh, Meta Modern Sounds and Country Music, yeah. which was his breakthrough album, uh, because he was reading like uh, The God Particle, he, and he was he reading just a bunch of these trippy out there. Yeah. yeah. Just... Tibetan Book of the Dead. Probably the Psychedelic Experience, the one that Richard Alpert and Timothy Leary did. <laughs> as like a tripping guide to the Tibetan Book of the Dead to guide you through the stages of the well, bardos like, and shit. Yeah, I like how he was talking to his friend whose dad was dying or whatever and he was like, you know, some people don't believe that uh, you really die. You just kind of go on to this other place. Yeah. And this guy was like, you sound like you're talking about DMT. He's like, what's that? He's like, you've never heard of DMT? He's like, nope. But he knew basically about it just from reading those books. Those, yeah. Those, um, uh, not theory, those... Uh, what is the fuck? What is the? It's not theory books. It's, it's an like, academic book. Yeah, but it's like um, spiritual or like uh, ethereal. I don't know. I can't think of the word. But like uh, that he he was reading psychedelic, trippy like af- like books about the afterlife and just like yeah like weird shit that only fucking Sturgill would read. Yeah. <laughs> and then he came out with meta modern sounds and country music. So books can do a lot, ladies and gentlemen, and so can Sturgill. Sturgill could do it all. Sturgill can do it all. Fuck. Although, he's gotten into acting more than I think he... he said it was his midlife crisis, yeah. though, and with this new album, he's going to go back on tour. He's going to get out of that, I think. I hope so. I hope so, too, because I don't really watch shows. Not to criticize him. No. I mean, do what um, you want. Yeah, Sturgill, no, Sturgill, but... Uh, Sturgill, but... Um, like, he was in five episodes of the show One Dollar... And I just, I don't think I'm gonna watch it. Probably not. I would if it was right in front of me because I'd want to see Sturgill, but uh, yeah, seek it out. And but I, I, yeah, I'd rather have him making music, and uh, I don't give a shit what kind of music it is because if Sturgill makes it, it's, it's gonna be gonna good. It's gonna be good. I mean, and that's that's the difference between being a fan and just like being, you know, you're just there because they have a certain type of sound. Like I see a bunch of people writing about how they don't like the direction Sturgill's going. It's like fuck you. He made the music he wanted to make, which you liked. Yeah. He's still making the music you he wants to make. You could take it or leave it, but yeah. he doesn't owe you a goddamn thing no. in terms of making the kind of music you want to hear from him. I get that you want him to be the savior of country music. Sturgill's not concerned with that, and that's exactly 
What makes Why? him that kind of person? <laughs> That's what makes Sturgill a badass. He doesn't listen to your stupid fucking ideas about you need to do this kind of shit. Because if he did, then he wouldn't be the reason that you like him in the first place. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't have really. He never would have released Meta Modern. No. If he did what fucking other people wanted to no. do. So I mean, High Top Mountain is fucking traditional country. Like, if you like that, that's fine. Listen to that fucking album, but don't ask him to only do that kind of music because then I wouldn't have got two of my favorite fucking albums. Exactly. <clears throat> so we're excited. September twenty seventh, the album and the movie comes out on Netflix. So you guys need to go check that out. Give Sturgill a shout out anywhere you can. Yeah. Because uh, he deserves it. He's the best. We're still trying to get him on the podcast, but still he's, a, trying. he's a busy guy. He's a busy so guy. We'll let you know. He will be on Joe Rogan, though, I assume, pretty I soon. Imagine, because yeah. Sturgill always has somebody when they're releasing something new, and he loves Sturgill. Yeah. So he's definitely fucking good. Especially because Sturgill hasn't released an album since April 15th, 2016. Yeah. It's been three and a half years. It's been a long time for us. Yeah. And so uh, I'm just excited for it to come out. It's hard to think that it's not a double album. I know. That hurts a little bit. But, but uh Bill Burgess had a special come out. Bill Burgess Joe had a special Rogan come out. Bill yeah. Burr come on. That was a great podcast. Yeah. He had Neil deGrasse Tyson on. That was a fuck of a podcast. There's a lot of interesting stuff coming out these that days. That blow your mind. Uh, and uh, he just did one with Jim Gaffigan not too long ago yeah. also. And he was talking about how everybody's got political fatigue. And my only thought was, thank God. Mm-hmm. It is going to be nice to be on the other side of this mountain, ladies and gentlemen. Like, I know that the 2020 election's coming up. Yeah. I haven't hardly thought about it. I know. And I'm sure there are people who are still thinking about it, but I think so many people were burned out from 2016 that I think we're going to be entering a time that's going to be actually pretty relaxing because everybody's so tired. Everyone's just is like, who? yeah. Dude, I mean, there are still the people screaming on Twitter, but for the most part, it's pretty Your much... Your average American's probably, you know, not even much watching. Over, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, dude. The, because... Because no matter what happens, nothing like nothing gets done and nothing changes. Nothing so changed. It's like what the fuck? Like who fucking cares? John, Donald Trump didn't turn out to be the devil. Just it was four years of just headlines, just but nothing the, really yeah. happened. Yeah. He met with Kim Jong Un. Nothing's changed. So let's just keep this train rocking and rolling. Yeah. Let's, like yeah. there's so nothing to worry about. You know, all just burn into a crisp. Yeah. Which I'm assuming is going to happen eventually. Yeah. We could, if we were so lucky. Yeah. Damn. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, the butterfly effect and a fate change after moving. Well, so, we didn't go ahead. get to go to the Oregon State-Oklahoma State game. True. And if we had been there, they might have won. They probably would have. So, okay, but fair enough. Bad got, for the Beavs. But then we wouldn't have got that song. Also true. So. Also true. The Beavs let me down. Yeah, so good for us. Not so good for not the Beavs. Not so good for the Beavs. And also not good not for us so because we're such big Beaver fans. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's been, it's been rough. But I mean, we've... Just from coming down here, we've already got an hour of stage time. Just like, like we've already we've already done so much in the direction of what we want to do that we, I mean, maybe you could have got it in Oregon, but it it would have just been the same things. So like we've already changed our direction a hundred. We're learning things we would have never learned yeah. had we lived in Oregon. We're having thoughts just based on your geography and the situation. You would never that would never even pop into your head if you if we had stayed in Oregon. I mean, and that goes for get, everything. We might get golf course jobs. Yeah. Together, like where we're just actually finally enjoying work. Yeah. Just like having a fun time at work. Well, and working with a purpose. Mm-hmm. Like we're working to just stay alive to do the thing that we're really passionate about instead of working to also stay alive. 
but then just to go home and drink. And, but but now it's now it's different. There's a real purpose behind. We're making money specifically so we can do this thing at night, and um, that and I mean doing that with repetition over it's the next however long. It's yeah. A it's super invigorating, and B that kind of positive sort of action. Yeah. You know I think luck is preparation meeting uh, opportunity. opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Luck is preparation meeting opportunity, and we're participating in that, which we may not have been uh, as, heavily as sure. much or if at all in Oregon. Yeah. And so, well, I can't say that. Oregon was good, too. I mean, yeah. I was booking gigs there, too. But but it was just harder. We, yeah. It was harder to... We couldn't do open mics in the same way. This, no. the, I haven't been able to do this many open mics ever. This has been fantastic. Yeah. And they've all been good. They've right? all been good, pretty much. It's all been fun. There have been a couple where Kevin and I played to literally zero people. Other than the oh, wait staff, yeah. but other than that, they've all been great. But that's part of your open mic stories. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got their version of open mic stories, and uh, yeah, sometimes you play to no one, and those are the stories you're gonna tell later when you are playing for people. Yeah, and that's fun. And that even and when we're out there and it's happening, it's like this is those moments people are talking about. Yeah, we're like living it. Yeah, like that's part of the journey that you know, you know that ev- for every sold out arena. Joe Rogan, Doug Stanhope, Sturgill Simpson, Chris Stapleton. You know, for every sold-out arena, if they've played to empty rooms. Yeah. Of, I mean, maybe not literally empty rooms, but rooms where no one gave a shit who they were. Yeah. And, like, you hear stories about people like, oh, yeah, when Sturgill was coming up, I sat 10 feet from him at an open mic. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that, that's what people will one day hopefully be saying about us. Yeah. Like, oh, I saw that guy at an open mic. He did a five minutes. He did that set at five minutes. And now it's way better than it was back then when he did it. Yeah. Like, it grew so much. But he was still funny then, and I was sitting right there. I got to talk to him after the show. Like, it's just, those are the stories that make success stories fun and exciting for people. Yeah. Not like the Justin Bieber's where you just get fucking spotted on the internet, and all of a sudden you blow up, and you're the next huge thing. No, like... Organic is a rewarding way to go. No disrespect to Justin Bieber or anything. No, of course not. But just, you know, that... That building it is just a different level of gratification. Like fucking Alex Ovechkin for the for the Washington Nationals, mm. he played at hockey for like I think like I don't know twelve to fifteen years. He never won a Stanley Cup until last year. Think about how fucking great that feeling was. Like he, everyone has been comparing him as to like one of the greats yeah. in the game, but he's never won a title. Whereas Sidney Crosby, who is also one of the greats, but he's more like Tom Brady, where he's won like three or four. And then you finally get over that hump and you win one and like right before you retire. That's got to be such a satisfying yeah. feeling. Like that's got to be the happiest you've ever been. In terms of living a great life, the long grind with the big payoff is so much more life gratifying than little work with giant payoff in the beginning and then a slow descent. Yeah. There's no question the ascent is more fun than the descent. Yeah. What's more fun? The drive to a trip destination in well, Detroit or yeah. the drive back when you're hungover. Yeah. yeah. No. It's more fun on the drive there with the prep <coughs> and some of the nervousness and you don't know what's going to happen but anything could and happen and that, that's part of the fun. You get that peak yeah. and then the drive back is good. And on the peak you enjoy it because you're like, you know what, I fucking earned this thing. Yeah, and then the drive back is good but it's not near as good as the excitement and the yeah. to get there. And so, yeah, there's stress. We're still working on getting jobs and... Um, uh, I've only gotten one paying gig. Everybody else isn't calling me back. Yeah. Like, I got fucking tips from a guy. You got tips? There you go. That was pretty sweet. That was, that was, the guy fucking really just fucking made my night. Yeah. 
And so, but and there's obviously stress and anxiety that's associated with the rise because without it, there wouldn't be the rise because you would already be yeah. there. So, and everybody who is like super famous, Joe Rogan, Bill Burr, they all look back on the days where they were grinding and they go, you know, I'm super happy right now. Dude, they always, but there was nothing like those yeah, times. Yeah, they always talk about when they were open micers with no money, like yeah. how they were, how they didn't even realize that they were living, they were setting themselves up to live the dream while also living the dream. Like yeah. they were always focused on the end goal, but they realized. It's like you're in it right now. Yeah, but they realized now that like they were, they were in it then. Yeah. And we're in it now. And so like you kind of try to like sit back and take it in. But there's no way you're really gonna until you get to that point and look back like, ah, oh, fuck, yeah I, was, yeah. I was in it then. Cheryl Crow's got a new album out also, heads up. Looking but, old. Uh, let's take it easy. She's still Cheryl. I mean, she's still hot as fuck, she's, but she's old. She's, she's old. old hot. But uh, she has a song on there that she does with Joe Walsh. It's an album full of duets with like super famous people. And one of them's a duet with Joe Walsh and it's still the good old days. And, which I think is just the best concept. It's like, fuck that looking back like, oh, those were the good old days. Pour yourself a fucking drink. You're still in the good old days and fucking enjoy them. Is it new songs that are duets? Or is yeah, they're it... new songs. Okay, so it's not like what Burks and Dunn did. No. Okay. No, no, no. These are all new songs except for one that she did with... Johnny Cash did a re-recorded version of a song from her second album, her self-titled uh, second album called Redemption Day, uh, which is a great song uh, on Cheryl's album, uh, back from 96 but when Johnny Cash was doing those um, I hurt what were those American today. American something American Pickers but uh, he, and he had like a bunch of them it was where he did like God's Gonna Cut You Down yeah. he did his version of Soundgarden's Rusty Cage but he also did a cover of Sheryl Crow's Redemption Day and um, anyways she f- they figured out a way to rework the song so that it sounded like to where it sounds like they're doing a duet together and it works pretty well I personally like the original Cheryl version better just cause I just don't quite like what they did but it was still good but anyways yeah the rest of the album's new songs uh, she's got Stevie Nicks on there nice. she's got Marin Morris she's got Joe Walsh she's got Johnny Cash she's got um, she's got a bunch the point is it's a great album um, and so but her whole one of her songs was still the good old days and that's the thing that we got to remember when we're doing this. And currently, I feel that. Like, I, yeah. I'm aware of it. I had a lot, I had some serious rough times when I was living in Nashville. I still look back and, like, God, that was a good time. Yeah. Even though it was pretty rough a lot of the time. Yeah. But it was still like, man, that was living some life right there. That was still, I fucking did. I moved there by myself. Yeah. I fucking did it. Like, it was, yeah, like, it's a hard, like, it's hard to move here. Yeah. Like, when you just, like, sit back and think, like, if I didn't move here, I would still just be doing that. Yeah, it just makes it all worth it. I've been uh, I've been reading this other book, a little more book learning, called High Performance Habits, and um, one of the things he really stressed, and I know a lot of people stress this, but I really took it to heart, uh, just probably because of the circumstance with when you know within the prison that I was reading it, but uh, it was talking about how like one thing because he's pretty much interviewed and studied top performers more than pretty much anybody else. And he says the one thing they all have in common is an immense amount of gratitude. I've been practicing being a little more gratitudinal. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it works a little, you know, it's working for sure. But I think the continued practice of it really will manifest a general gratitude, which most definitely raises your sort of life satisfaction. Yeah. And just sort of just being thankful for, uh, you know, having a good family, good friends, a good opportunity. 
and, something that uh, you're passionate about. Yeah, like just something to strive for. And so, and being white, being white. I mean, all those things. All those things. So, <laughs> and imagine all those things wrap it up and toss it into the butterfly effect vendor blender. Uh, so that's going to manifest for the rest of our lives <laughs> in ways we can't imagine. And that goes for everybody. No matter what you're doing, A, do it the best you can because there's this Richard Rohr quote where he says, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. So one of the things I've also been practicing here is just like, can I do everything the best way I could possibly do it? Going to screw up sometimes, but if my goal is to do it the best way I could possibly do it, then throughout my day, I'm going to be trying to do things the best I could yeah, possibly do it. subconsciously, you'll just do things the yeah. best I could possibly do Because your mind is just a machine that recognizes patterns. And if you can use your body even when your mind's not into it, to sort of make patterns happen, it will get in line. Yeah. You just got to do those things when it's initially hard, and then eventually you just sort of have to keep that stone rolling rather than trying to get it started, which is yeah. much harder. And so, uh, yeah, all that's going to be great. Uh, who knows the situation in which we'll be back in Oregon. Could be years from now. You know, we're not putting any sort of time stamp on it. No. Uh, but let's just say, hypothetically, when it happens, uh, we're going to be coming back with a whole different life experience, experiences that we'll be able to take to that those situations with a whole different level of clarity, gratitude. We'll be treating our families different, our, our friends different, but in a better way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can't... Taking for granted that they're just there all the time. Yeah. Really just appreciating it. I didn't appreciate Oregon the way I yeah. do now until I moved to Nashville. And that'll happen again here. Um, you know, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And that doesn't necessarily have to be negative. No. You can manifest it being gone by making a change in your life to then all of a sudden you really realize what you had. And then it really makes you appreciate it. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. All these things are just really good for the good time and buds. And I hope everybody out there is doing uh, their version of that thing. Because uh, it's, uh, God, it's something. Sometimes you just gotta say, fuck it and go for it, bud. That's why it's worth it to just go for it. Sometimes you just gotta get out there and make a difference. You just huh? gotta get out there and make a difference, boys. I mean, you got one, you got one life. If not now, then when. They're all cliches, but cliches are around because they actually mean something. They just lose that meaning over a certain amount of time. I can't remember who said it, but I think we use it as our quote of the day one time. Everyone has two lives. Yeah. And the second one begins when they realize they only have one. That's good. That's like, that's the perfect quote. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, fuck. I only get to do this once. Well, then I might as well fucking try to be a comedian or try to be a musician. Because if that yeah. fails, you can always go be a fucking accountant. You can always go be a fucking, yeah. Like, get a hump job doing yeah, whatever. You can always do that, but you might as well try for what you actually want yeah. first. I mean, and if you want to be an accountant, that's whatever. Like, go be an accountant, but... You should always try for whatever your number one thing is. Because even if you don't make it, you won't be on your deathbed thinking, oh, I never even fucking tried. Yeah, and I think that there... Somebody said that there's nothing... There's literally nothing worse than regret. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, no, yeah. Nobody looks back on their deathbed and is mad at what they did. They always are mad at what they didn't do or what they didn't try. Yeah. Because, like, even your worst mistake... It's just a mistake that you made. Yeah. But your biggest regrets are what you don't even try to do, what you're afraid to do or what mm -hmm. you're afraid of. It's like, why was I afraid of that? I'm fucking here now anyways. Yeah. Like, if I had done that, that would have been a drop in the bucket 
as of this moment, but if I had done it, who knows where my life could have gone? Yeah. I could have lived ten more years, yeah, or whatever the situation is, yeah, or just lived a ha- or lived a more fulfilled fifty years or whatever, yeah. whatever it is. Like, yeah, it's scary or whatever, but you got to get out there and do it. Not fucking doing it. Not to mention, it is a Jordan Peterson thing, but he talks about people who have phobias and are like really scared of things, and how exposure therapy is really the best thing. I think that's paraphrasing what he said, but yeah. basically. What happens to people is they don't get less scared, they get more courageous. And so it doesn't just manifest in that one area of your life. It sprouts out into everything because your courage grows. Yeah. And so I was, you know, I've always, like, when I would go to open mics in Nashville and Portland and stuff, I was nervous. Um, And I still get nervous sometimes at open mics, especially if it's one I haven't been to. But now it's just like I show up, it's what I'm here to do, and if you do it most nights of the week or even once a week, um, it gets easy. It gets easier every time because you just get a little bit more. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I don't care what happens. This isn't the end all be all because I'm gonna be at another one tomorrow night. Like. Yeah. If you only do it once a year, then everything is on that one day a year. Yeah. So the pressure is insanely high, and so is the bar. If you're doing it every night, you're like, well, if this night goes shitty, I'll tomorrow night's gonna tomorrow. be fine. Yeah, like I'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. If you have five bad ones in a row, the sixth one's gonna be good. Yeah. Like, and that's the whole thing is you just gotta get out there, you do it, and. If you got and like that's what builds your cojones. Yeah. It's like you just gotta have the balls to get out there the first couple times, and then your your brain will go. I am the kind of person, I'm the confident kind of person who gets out there and does shit because you have been doing shit. Yeah. It, you can't manifest those thoughts when you aren't doing shit, trying to psych yourself up. Yeah. You have to do it to make that confidence happen, and uh, I've already noticed it. I've made a lot of phone, a lot of cold calls. For yeah. booking gigs, which I hate cold calls. Now, I throw on a podcast. I look up whatever number I'm going to next. I pause the podcast, make the call, works out or it doesn't, go back to the podcast, and I just systematically check them off the list. And, like, even and if, it's an enjoyable thing because I'm knocking out something I used to really be kind of scared of. And even if it doesn't work out, it's like you hang up the phone and it's like, oh, well, all right, that one didn't yeah. work. Like, it's like, yeah, it's, then you can just go, hey, what a bitch. It, I got yeah. another one. Yeah, it's like, it's like when you have a bad set on stage or whatever. It's like, well, that one didn't work out. Where's the fucking next one? Yeah. It's like, you just, you just move on. Because and that kind of mindset turns you into a winner. Because when you first, when you first start something, the idea of failing is terrifying. Yeah. And then once you fail, the idea of trying again is terrifying. But once you fail and then try again, and if you have any moderate level of success, mm-hmm. it just rege- regenerates Supercharges yeah, the like moment. Yeah, supercharges what you're doing, and it just gives you like a whole new like, or like like yeah, I can do even if I have a bad one. That's not the end. Like I can still get up here and do it again and try again and be better. Like you and I surprise still, people if they get, saw me once and yeah, they didn't like and it. They then, didn't like it, and then you do it again. And like oh, this guy's actually either better or he had a bad night, and it, like it's just it builds your confidence every time. You fail and then say, fuck, that doesn't matter. I'm going to try again. And yeah. so you just get more and more confident and better and better every time. Yeah. So there's no, there's literally no point in not trying something. No regrets. No regrets. Because uh, that's how you want to live your life is uh, no regrets because you can't get those opportunities back. You got one shot. You got to go for it. And... On top of everything else, let's say you succeed, let's say you fail, but there's nothing more satisfying than saying, I had the balls to go for it. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, if I have a fucking bad set on stage, nobody else has the fucking balls to get up there and even try to have a set. Yeah. And I find that it it really makes you appreciate, like, the people who do make it, who obviously, like, scrape for it, like Eric Church, Sturgill, all those guys. It's like... All those guys... They didn't just write hit songs. They lived a life that created the ability to write those songs. Every every step of the way, those guys could have quit. Sturgill Simpson was, what, like 30-something? 35. When he got his first actual album. Yeah. Anytime up to then, he could have quit. Yeah. But he... he That's what he wanted. That was his passion. And his wife was like, dude, you're fucking miserable. Go write songs and go sing songs. So they did. And it fucking worked out. But if he would have never tried, he would have died a bitter old angry man just very possibly I mean yeah not necessarily but very possibly I mean maybe he would have been happy just picking on a guitar and playing with his friends but he said in the podcast that like that was never enough for him yeah like that's not like maybe it would have been something inside him that drove him to something that wanted more so I mean the goal is to find out what fucking moves your engine yeah and just go do that thing uh despite that there may be some potential consequences. Don't be irresponsible, but yeah. get after it. Yeah. There was this story... Take some risk. Yeah, like, take some risk. Take some calculated risk. Yeah. There was this story that I heard about some musician, and he wrote a song, and you hear this from musicians all the time, like, oh, I wrote that song in 15 minutes. People go, like, how did you write that song in 15 minutes? It's like, well, it took me 15 minutes, but it took me 30 years to write that song. Yeah. And I mean, that's the thing. Songs, like once, bits. once, once I got the idea, it took me fifteen minutes. Yeah, but I would have never had that, that idea, idea if I didn't have that thirty years of living experience to get to the point where I could put my, where I could express my thoughts and emotions in, into a, into fifteen minutes worth of writing for a song. Yeah, because real creativity is a lightning strike. It's not something you can predict. No. You just got to be ready for it. And again, that's where luck is. Opportunity meets preparation. You just get high, listen to some music, a funny thought hits you, and then you just try to quickly write a bit about it. And then you just expand that bit. Like, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's just a brief thing that hits you. Like, my dog died, like, like my dog died, my wife left me in the beers. It's just a, it's just a saying that hits you. It's like, yeah, okay, let's fucking work with that. Work that that out. Let's see what comes of that. And then an hour later, you got to fucking great song out of it yeah just, it just it just fits perfectly so it's uh, yeah it's just worth it for everybody out there whatever that thing is what the fuck else are you what you, the fuck else are you doing even if you just, just do it even just go just after it and do the thing you really want to do yeah even if you just get a I've been friend, doing this podcast do, for like three years just now do, two just years just get a, a friend or however you want to do your podcast just Use your phone for the first couple episodes if you have to. Yeah. Just fucking record it and see what happens. There's no reason not to. What else are you doing with your life? The worst that's going to happen... It's like when you go ask a girl and they say, what's the worst that could happen? She says no. The worst that could happen is no one listens to your podcast. But if you don't make a podcast, you give no one the option to to listen to it. it. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah. Like, so just... There's no... There's no problem in just trying something. And whether or not it works out is... A completely different ball game. Yeah. What, the way it works out isn't up to you. No. What's up to you is doing it. It's trying. And then how it turns out is not up to you, but you need to be just doing the work to put yourself in and, the right situation to make it happen. And if it's not working out and you really fucking want it, then try something Try something different. Try yeah. a different twist on whatever you're doing. But if it, if it really matters to you, you will figure out a way to make it work. You literally always have the power to do something. Yeah. It's that whole, like, 
you know, you can't control what people do, but you can control how you react to it. The same goes for just life. You can't control what happens to you or the rut that you end up in, but you can always wake up the next morning, make yourself a kale shake, and go out and try something new. Yeah, you can always go out and try to just do Change something Change your routine. Better. Routines, and this is the other thing I've been learning from this High Performance <coughs> Habits books, book. And it was something I always kind of suspected, and then this book outlined it in the most perfect way, and I would recommend this book. It's by Brendan Burchard. But uh, it's about how every real successful high performer sets up systems throughout their day that helps run their life. That way they don't have to think about it and they're not slaves to their daily, the weather pattern that yeah. comes and goes in your mind that controls today. I'm kind of bummed. I can't to, remember. You know, today I'm feeling happy. I Joe Rogan was talking about, but he, someone that had the quote, discipline creates freedom. Jocko and, Willing. Yeah, and it's like, he's like, People don't see that because they think that uh, going to the gym every day at five is not freedom. But yeah. He's like, no, that is freedom because I just wake up and I know that that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, it's the most freeing thing because I just know exactly what I'm going to be doing. So everything else is just up to me to decide what to do. Yeah. If you knock out those things, then those moments that you earn that are free, free form where you don't have anything scheduled, you A, can... Do whatever you want since you've already been doing things. You're probably going to try to do something productive that also really if you, is satisfying. If you just want to relax and do nothing, you don't feel guilty no, because you, you already right did everything yeah. that you were supposed to do. You earned it. So if you want to sit back and drink a beer and watch Netflix all day, like that, you Go can ahead. because you already did everything that you need to do. you got to so climb the mountain to earn the view. Discipline does equal freedom. Like If, if you're the ultimate disciplined person, you have ultimate freedom. And it promotes brain elasticity brain plasticity I guess the term is it promotes like serotonin and dopamine yeah. production it I mean science has proved it over and over again I say science is a blanket term uh, but it, yeah it's worth thinking about and it's like I don't like how I'm feeling well change it well, yeah. if you keep doing what you do every day nothing's gonna change you gotta set up systems before you're in the emotional I don't know what I'm going to do. You need to set up systems as sort of life preservers that you grab onto. You go, oh, I'm doing that. Then being productive in that manner all of a sudden produces some serotonin, some dopamine. You're feeling better. Then all of a sudden you're thinking clear. Then all of a sudden an idea pops in your head because you're thinking clear. All of a sudden you go, hey, I'm feeling active. Maybe I'm going to sit down and write that thing. Or maybe I'm going to go out and do this thing. But that wouldn't ever happen if you never left the couch. Yeah, if you yeah, if you just let yourself sit there and sulk all the time. Yeah. And... Uh, and, and it's important to have good social interaction. You can't isolate. I learned that from four years of living alone. That will really sap your uh, fucking reserves of energy and yeah. happiness creativity. and creativity. So, yeah, there's... It's worth thinking about, ladies and gentlemen. We won't go on much longer, but... Uh, yeah, get out there. Go for it. The butterfly effect is real. One last thing. People always think about time travel movies, about how like, what if you go back and you step on a butterfly and all of a sudden, uh, all of a sudden nuclear bombs are going off, Hitler's president, all these kind of crazy things. But nobody ever thinks, what if today I, in effect, step on that butterfly by going to the gym for the first time yeah. or doing this or doing that. That's a butterfly effect too that you're manifesting yeah. that can then all of a sudden turn into a great life because you made that change right now. Yeah, and then you don't have to go back in time and step on that butterfly. Exactly. You've already got the ball moving in the right direction. You're ahead of your time, so to speak. Boom. We'll see you in the future, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
We'll see you after the break. Where's Mary Jane? Oh, she's really lonely and out walking the cannabis field again. Do you think she'll ever find true love? Not if she's hanging out with narcs all day. We used to be lonely until we found out about Stoners Only. StonersOnly.com is the new online dating site for potheads, trippers, burnouts, and good old dope smokers. You don't have to be lonely at stonersonly.com Sober people just don't get it. Trip Report, Detroit Lake, 2019. Back to the rock, bud. Back to the rock. Back to the place where it all began. Well, I mean, we knew we were moving, and so it's like, let's go back to our classic spot where we've had some of the greatest times of our lives. Dude, where we've been there one, we've been there twice. This is our third time. This is our third time, and then we also had one time at the other spot. We had one time time at Moppin and one time at the other spot. That look, I know, I know that we say this all the time, ladies and gentlemen, but I cannot stress it enough. That rock and that. That view of that stretch of river yeah. is fucking perfect. It's the place. It is literally when God created heaven and earth, he made that place first and then got tired and just rushed over everything. Pretty else. much. That is literally heaven on earth yeah. that spot. And we just got to do it, classic boys. It and was me, took, Kevin, Ian, Harrison, and Fluff. And, and Devin. Devin. We took two cars. Yeah, parked them at the entrance, so hopefully it, nobody. So nobody would come down. down. A couple people One, came down, but they yeah. left. Pretty quick. They left pretty quick. But uh, they were a little smarter than the previous people yeah. that, that saw us. Dude, uh, for the first uh, at least hour, maybe hour and a half, I could not get off that fucking rock, dude. No, we each took two tabs. Yeah, I except was, for Harrison. Dude, I was just sitting up there. And uh, fluff. I couldn't talk. I, like, yeah. I could not make myself... You were up on the rock for a very long time. I was moving around all the time. I I'd come up and sit with you, go down and sit on the bottom rock. I myself make... Every time I wanted to say something, I just kept thinking that it was going to make me sound like a pretentious douche. So I couldn't, like... I couldn't fucking say anything. Which is a problem with uh, psychedelics because you have so many incredible thoughts all coming into your mind at the same well, time just, that trying to vocalize them just makes you feel like an idiot. I had just watched that Ram Dass and... Uh, Dying to Know. Timothy yeah, Leary. Timothy Leary documentary. And so like I was like... Like, everything that they were saying was like registering with me. Yeah. But I didn't want to say it to the group because... So you sound like a douche? Yeah, it just sound like I was just like taking their ideas and like making it sound like my own. Yeah. So I couldn't like articulate anything I was feeling. But literally, when you're... You made this point to me, and it's so fucking true. When you're on acid or mushrooms, everything is just an analogy for life. Yeah. Like every like, no matter what you say, it's like ah, such is life. Such like, is life. Like it just, no matter what you're doing, you understand the obstacles or like how that parallels with just real life. Like you picture like uh, fluff trying to climb up the rock towards where you're at, and he's doing it a certain way. Like let's say he's going really slowly. It's like, well, such is life. 
It'll take him a little longer to get there, but, but he's going to be safe, gonna, and he will get there. He'll get to the same spot, yeah. He could do it fast if he wants to, but he risks getting hurt. Yeah. And it just becomes an analogy for life, yeah. just like literally everything. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, and I think that's the main, like, really recognizable thing that psychedelics make you realize. And that's, I think, part of the reason why they're so mentally helpful uh, is because it makes you, it helps break down exactly what life really is. You just get a, a, a sense of, Oh, this is just how life is. Yeah. It's not like uh, the idea pops in your head. It's more of a, a, an internal knowing. Yeah. Like all of a sudden you get it. Yeah. And you go, this is how life it's works. Like, oh, this is, this is such as life. Like, yeah. That's what, this is what that means. It's like, it just, everything is, is on like, uh, it's all cyclical. It yeah. All just oh, it's comes, all cyclical. It all just comes right back to like the start of it. It's like, oh, everything right now makes perfect sense. Yeah. And I've mentioned this before too, but you also realize like everything you need literally is right in front of you. Yeah. Like everybody talks about living in the moment, meditating and all that. And I'm totally in support of all that. I, I enjoy meditating, but it's still because you're like trying to get to something mm-hmm. when it's in front of your face the whole time. And that's why I think unless you really focus on trying to be in the present moment, that's another deathbed thing where you get there and you go, <coughs> it's in front of my face the whole time. Yeah. And I think a lot of people... I haven't talked to a ton of dying people. I've talked to some, but basically the whole thing is like, just enjoy yourself, make the right decisions to the best of your ability, understand you're on a ride and, um, you know, don't fucking sweat the small stuff because, um, that's not what you're going to remember. And even if you are going through some stuff, that's the stuff that builds you and you just need to enjoy the whole process because it's right there. You're, you're in school, you might as well take the curriculum. Well, yeah, that, well, that's the thing that I think, that's the reason that our friend group is such good friends. Because no matter what we're doing, we're going to try to make whatever we're doing fun. Yeah. Because we want to have fun. We want to have fun right now. Yeah, so if we're doing something... We're not something, putting off joy. No, so if we're doing something, let's make whatever we're doing, whether it be work, whether yeah. it be anything. Because you got to work. Yeah. But you might Just as well enjoy try it. Try to make it fun. What the hell are you and doing? And then when you get a chance to do acid with your best friends... It's the fucking, it's just the, it's the funnest thing ever because you guys have this bond already that's unbreakable that you guys have, that you just built over years of just fucking off. And then literally for inside jokes for four hours, no one gives a shit what anyone else thinks about it. It's a total mind meld. Yeah. It's It's just like, you're all in the same headspace seeing the same freaky shit. Just like, you're just like, man, we are good friends. Yeah. And then anything you say Turns into us just fucking riffing. Yeah. Everything turns into just a fucking riff. And everyone's just laughing and having a good time. And sometimes someone gets in like a weird headspace like panics for a while. But it never lasts. No. We all eventually fucking come out the other side. Every storm runs out of rain. Yeah. And we just fucking start laughing again. Yeah. And then obviously when you're at the campsite and everyone's like, come down. That's the most peaceful time ever. It is. But when, right, when you, right when you take the acid, right when I take the acid, I always get this like little bit of nerves like oh what if it's bad what if it's mm-hmm. bad and then I get to the peak and I'm like I wish this would last four fucking <laughs> yeah. ever I don't ever every want, time I don't ever want this to end every time mine's weird because I always have I actually didn't have that much anxiety this time but usually I have a good amount of anxiety until the second I put it on my tongue like once that happens and then I go oh I'm strapped into the roller coaster now my fear goes away yeah. like and I've discovered that about myself 
I have like a real anxiety problem and it's because I just create all these scenarios. But once I'm actually in the scenario, I always sit back and go, this isn't that bad. Because once you're this in is it, great. because once you're in it, you're in control. Yeah. But when you're not in it and you're thinking about it, you're not in control. So you just think of all the things that can go wrong. Yeah. Well, and the key to acid and to mushrooms and, um, and life is you have to surrender to the moment essentially Yeah. for lack of a better term. Uh, and if you whether that's I don't know how I'm feeling right now it's like fine just acknowledge that maybe you don't feel that good and just let it let it ride yeah lift up your feet and float downstream and the same goes with life because yep lost my thought lost my train of thought <laughs> but like with with drugs and with life if you have a good group of friends in a good setting can't it, lose it's gonna be a good time yeah like literally I don't I mean in, we do advocate for safe psychedelic practice because it can go wrong yeah but, but the way that we do it and the way that I'd say we advise. would say any advise to do it is A do it safe make sure you got the right stuff but B make your set setting and friend group good yeah. you gotta know you gotta go in there with the right the, people the time I had the most anxiety was when we had the weird hodgepodge of people coming together but even still, once we were once we were at the house and we were on that was I was really only having bad anxiety when we were on the fucking brownies. That took us down. But uh, that took us down a real anxious did, path. Once once we did the acid, I was fine. Yeah, you well, we made a bunch of new friends. Yeah. Well, you but, knew them, but I didn't know them. Yeah, but like I didn't I, see. That's the thing is I knew them, but once you do acid with them, you really get you, to yeah. know them. Like that was when like I always liked acid creates inside jokes. I always liked Dan. As my manager at yeah. Woodstocks. Like, Dan was a cool guy. But I was always, like, kind of, like, afraid to, like, approach him and, like, talk to him just because he was older and he's my manager. Yeah. Like, he was cool. So, like, if he talked to me, I would talk to him and it was always good. But then once we did But it acid, wasn't, like, a friendship. Yeah, but then once we did acid together, I would close every time Dan was working. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, I get to just... I get to work with Dan. And yeah. we're just going to talk either about drugs or about music or just about any fucking thing that pops in our head and we're going to go drink beers in the back. Yeah. Like, what... Like, we... Like, Dan became, like, my spirit yeah. shaman, dude. My tripping shaman. Whenever Dan's there, he's just, like, a calming factor. He's a good energy. I know. Like, Dan's the fucking best. Yeah. And he, wow, well, we fucking smoked that brisket. Ooh. We got that brisket, brisket on a ritz. But Detroit this year, dude, what, once I kind of, I mean, I, w- I wasn't even coming down, but once I got off the rock and yeah. it was, like, down around you guys, it was just... That, that, that's when the fun really starts. We're yeah. all just sitting in the water, just fucking bullshit. Throwing rocks at sticks, <laughs> trying to <laughs> knock them off. Eventually, it always goes down to us throwing rocks and shit. Because there's always, in the little river where we're on, there's always logs that get drift, that drift down and get, like little logs that get drift down and get stuck on the rocks that permeate the whole river all the way down to the lake. And... So then we're just like, fuck it, let's throw rocks at this like, thing. And whoever start, knocks it as off we wins. we start coming down, we start throwing rocks at it. Yeah. And whoever knocks it off wins. And then in- inevitably somebody knocks it off. And we all get disappointed. Can we, we find anyone? We pick another thing to start fucking throwing rocks at. And it's at. just as fun. We met uh, La Tortuga Pequeño Noble Inglés. <laughs> we met a little turtle that didn't speak any English. As you do when you're taking psychedelics. <laughs> oh, that little turtle? That little turtle. That little turtle doesn't speak any English. <laughs> The same vein of that uh, giraffe that we hit with a rock that <laughs> fell all the fell way down the mountain and mopping. I almost lost my shit, shit man. <laughs> I don't remember 
why, but for whatever reason, me and Austin were just talking in Spanish, and we were just like, La Tortuga. La Tortuga Pequeña, no habla inglés. Whoa. That little Tortuga doesn't speak any English. So we met that little guy. We met that little guy. But he couldn't speak any English. So he was no help to us. But, uh... But another interesting thing was I've talked about the clouds oh. in Detroit before and the, uh, and about how they swirl and they turn into geometric patterns <laughs> and they're so fluffy they're, and flowy and, and they've, they're they've got this pulsing they're oh, like little they fingers almost, that intertwine in and out dude, and it's it just almost kind of, like it's almost like you can see the condensation building yeah. and like making the cloud it's an explosion of colors and textures and movements that literally can't be described. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And at Detroit this year, I've never seen them in such well, intense intensity. Yeah. They on, were... I mean, there was good coverage. Like, there wasn't coverage because it was sunny, but there was, like, clouds, like, all over the you place. You could literally see every color of the rainbow at the tips of all the clouds. Yeah. Just swirling in and out of each other, becoming a new cloud. And, like... like sort of crashing that, into each other and exploding in fireworks and clouds. That makes 100% sense. When you think about, like, if you were just in tune to that, like, obviously you should be able to see that. The cloud is precipitation, yeah. which creates, which is what creates rainbows. And it's also gases, like, building and compounding on each other to make the cloud mm-hmm. what it is. So, like, that makes sense. But for whatever reason, when you're on acid at Detroit, you can just lock in on that and you can really, like, see it happening. Yeah. It is insane. Another thing we realized was, uh, Pretty much everything we say, that's eh, just one man's perspective. Ah, sure, yeah. And no matter any time anyone said anything, well, that's just one man's perspective. <laughs> and sometimes you need to change your perspective. Sometimes you got to change like that perspective. Like when somebody would get up out of their seat, I think I'm going to take his perspective for <laughs> a minute. Let's try this guy's perspective over here. <laughs> and it, 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 what's funny about it is both a funny gag and it's 100% and true. And it's 100% true. Everybody, Be like, that tree's really green. Yeah, that's just one, one man's perspective. perspective. Stop, you know what? You're right. That is just... But you know what? I think I'm going to sit over there with your perspective. That's <laughs> yeah. ah, a hell of a perspective you got there. I agree with your perspective, but again, it's only one man's perspective. one man's perspective. And God, we kept throwing that line everything out. Everything was only one man's perspective. And it got a laugh every time. Yeah. And because it's also partially true, which is what makes it extra funny. Yeah. Uh, I, f- I forgot about La Tortuga Pequeña. No, I'm no I didn't forget about that just one man's perspective, but I did forget how fucking funny it was. Yeah. And it's always... Uh, in any situation in life, you could say something and you go, ah, that's just one man's perspective. Even when we were at the campfire and somebody would insult somebody, they just respond, well, that's just one man's hey, perspective. That's just one man's perspective. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was, and our fucking camp spot this Our time, camp spot was we great. We went to a different campsite. Yeah, we finally we didn't were, go to the hatchery. <coughs> we were right on the fucking river. Yeah, it was, we, it was we way got, cooler. We got put in spot one, which was a or maybe two, I don't yeah, remember. dump of a campsite. It was a fucking dog shit spot. So it was we, so small. We were going to have all, numerous vehicles. Yeah, all the reserved ones were just like, we couldn't do it. So we went to the camp leader guy. We were camp like, warden. Yeah, we were like, hey, uh, we reserved this spot, but can we change our reservations to that spot? He's like, well, that spot doesn't take reservations. I'm like, well, can we just fucking camp there then? He's like, yeah, but you're going to have to pay for both spots. And at that, honestly, we didn't even have a choice. Yeah. So we were just like, fuck it, we're just going to do that. Which worked out, because then we could park cars. Yeah, then we had parking spots for all the vehicles. Yeah, but, so we got that spot literally right on the river. Yeah. And also got to take river showers. Got to take river showers, that was fun. But then we went to that other camp spot that has two spots right next to it, right on the river, with a trail that leads up the river, Mm -hmm. like back to like this big, this big rock clearing thing that had a fucking, that would be a, 
badass. I had some badass tripping spots on it. Yeah. But it's real close to the road, so it's kind of hit and miss. But that spot would be even fucking better. We are trying to maybe get back for summertime Got for to. just like a week. Got to. Weekend, whatever, and uh, do it again. Got to. Because uh, this is a tradition of the boys that I don't intend on ever giving up. No. We need to do it at least once a year. It's our thing, and uh, it's just, it's a great, it's a rut buster. It's such a rut buster. And, uh, and yeah, I don't think we're going to miss that it's because most, that's that's our favorite thing. It's the most just hanging out with our buddies and doing that fun. shit. You get, we were, me and you were camping for what four days camp for four days and it, it never got old no it like was I beautiful. was never like tired of camping yeah it's like I could go another fucking week it was awesome and I we invented those clay products for our skin yeah we came up with a nice clay product for pores and such yeah being the uh, skin care product people we are yeah um and uh so smoking dope and rapping smoking dope and rapping um, we didn't go to town at all this time, like like to the bars or anything. We didn't go to the bars or anything. We just went to pick up supplies. Yeah, but, but uh, that's fine also. Yeah, it's fine. Um, <coughs> anyways, it was a hell of a trip. We're definitely doing it again. And uh, Dude, that when I was sitting up on that rock, and I would look down into the water where it would swirl and the different like turquoise, just the different colors of blue. It literally looked like a reverse image of the Starry Night painting. Yeah. Where it's just like a pool here. It really does. A pool I... here. And then you can see like the rocks and just like, it's just a, the fucking, literally the best color in the world. My favorite color used to be red. My favorite color now is the fucking turquoise blue of the Brighton Bush River at that fucking rock. For sure. That, if I could paint my fucking house so that it all looked like that color. Yeah. I would be the That mixed with the dark green of the evergreens that stick up yeah. into the blue sky. Dude, there was a point where I was looking, I was laying on the rock, like, kind of like an angle, and the trees were just, like, dancing, like, yeah. coming down at me, and then, like, it was just, dude, it was That's insane. my favorite moment. That's one of my favorite moments of the trip, always. That's how I know is when I'm coming up. up. Yeah. Is yeah. where you just, like, I'm feeling it, all the and trees. all of a sudden the trees are really starting to sort of speak to you, and it's like, this is where I want to be. Yeah. And it, it honestly... It washes away any anxiety that I ever have. We That's don't. when I just start feeling like, oh, right, like I know this. I fucking know this spot. Yeah, yeah, like your stomach, there's a feeling in your stomach, but it's like like a fun anticipation. Like, mm-hmm. I'm on the come up, anything could happen, but I'm excited. And that kind of shit will get rid of a- your anxiety. You just gotta 100%. do it right with the right people in the right setting, and you're gonna have a good time. Yeah. But you gotta do it smart, and we always do. Most of the time. I mean, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That time at Moppin. Yeah, great time. That time, other times at Detroit. Other times at Detroit. Fucking Sun River. The oh, mushroom man. trips. The cabin. The cabin. It's all, good times, ladies and gentlemen. And it creates memories that last a lifetime. It creates memories and You live a dream that doesn't go away when you wake up. Yeah. You, yeah. I mean, sure, it gets a little bit harder to remember, but it's still, like, you can still take... And articulate. You can take things away from it, though. Yeah. Like, you really get, like, what seem like fundamental truths that you can really, like, take away from mm-hmm. it. It's just... Uh, it's unbeatable. It's unbeatable. Like, I get why drugs have the reputation that they have. They don't have to advertise. They don't have to advertise. They will find you. Yeah. So, uh, that's our trip report, unless you got anything else to add. I just... I can't... I don't... I miss it already, and I can't wait to be dude, back. that's the thing. It's like, right when I do it, it's like, all right, I don't need to do that for a little while, but like a month or two later, it's like, oh, I can't wait to fucking do uh-huh. that again. Yeah. It's just a whole new ball game. And we will. 
Although this now it's relying on the other guys getting the stuff. So yeah, or Devin. Or Devin. So he's almost worse. We'll have some. Uh, now that we're in Arizona, we'll have some good stories coming up for you guys uh, in the future. So that we're excited to share. Russ will probably have some interesting chef stories. Yeah, fucking Russ. It's a school night. School night for Russ. He's uh he's at cooking school for every single day, uh, four days a week. Five to eleven. Five to eleven. He has to leave at like four. So, yeah. uh, we'll get Russ on here when we can. There'll definitely be nights where he can't though because he's at school. But He'll we'll try to get him on here. He'll definitely be on here on smoke sessions and shit. So. Uh, we'll <coughs> be keeping you guys. Uh, Jeff and uh, Trevor. Trevor. Yeah, for sure. Get those guys on here. Yeah, that'd be fun. Got some Arizona I like, friends. I like Jeff. And these guys are great. They're good guys. They uh, Sturgill fans. And, cool. Yeah. They compared you to Sturgill. Compared me to Sturgill. Jeff Can't did. fucking beat that. And it was unprompted, which yeah. huge compliment. Yeah. So we'll try to get those guys on here. Uh, I think we're gonna have some exciting stuff coming up uh, in the future for uh, for late, you ladies and gentlemen. For us as well, so... Good things coming our way. That's a fact. And uh, now it's time for your inspirational quote of the day. This week's quote brought to you by Christopher Morley. There is only one success, to be able to spend your life in your own way.